0: Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wa barakatuh. hungry Muslims and curious people. Another day, another episode, another special guest. We are joined by the amazing, the talented, the cutie patootie, as Sumi would say. <laughs> Adelubis, everyone. And roll
1: the intro. The Hungry Muslims Changing the World, it's the Sumi and
0: Samia podcast. So, Adin, for the people that don't know you, would you mind describing
2: yourself? Yeah, it's uh, it's difficult because I used to work as a journalist, but now uh, not really because I'm still uh, learning Dutch and trying to get to the media again. So now I'm just doing stuff online, being a content creator and writing a book at the moment. MashaAllah um yeah that's it mostly yeah I sh- I think I'm a productive housewife at the moment <laughs> <laughs> so you had a massively you still
0: have a massively successful career and then you moved to a different country and as you said you're trying to learn Dutch which is a completely insane complicated language with terrible yes, grammar it is. <laughs> I'm <gasps> very sorry oh my god yeah how is it for you to prepare yourself to establish yourself in a different country even though you know that you have all of these skill sets to give
2: yeah but the thing is i don't think uh, skill is enough if i don't speak the language so yeah uh i'm still learning Dutch. i have to speak perfectly otherwise it's not possible to work in the media i think so with the work online, it it helps me to to keep uh, my insanity. Otherwise, yeah, you know, I was working all the time and I was busy. You know, as a journalist, you you jump from one field to another field. You do all the interview stuff, and now I'm just sitting at home, uh, studying. But yeah, it's nice that I have. Uh, Online work, I would say. Yeah, because you run your very successful account. I don't I don't think it's not yet successful. It, it is, is very, very successful. successful. It is what it is. No, sorry. I mean, in Shaullah <laughs>
1: <laughs> And I'm telling you it is successful. It's very successful. It is what it yeah. is.
0: Shaullah. <laughs> I mean. So you also before um COVID-19 a huge part of what you and your husband did was travel content
2: yes mostly although actually we don't really travel a lot since we get married because it seems like you travel a lot but it seems like it yeah but, but it's just you know we have a lot of pictures, so just keep I mean posting. I remember the circun-
1: circumstances in which I met you the first time, and you had just mm-hmm. flown back from Dubai to Belgium, and I was in mm-hmm. Antwerp for a weekend, and you texted me like, you know, I just woke up because, you know, I was traveling all night, so
2: yeah, we could meet now so yeah yeah the thing is when we travel we we try to enjoy the moment instead of posting so it's always Mm -hmm. late post so people think oh Mm -hmm. they keep traveling they they never really work they they don't have a job or (laughs) things like that but but no (laughs) we 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 are like other people we hustle from one thing to another thing you know so would you say social media is is not you guys's main job then it's just like your side job and I think it's it's very difficult if you uh if your search of income is from social media I think I, I can do it I don't think I can manage to survive the social media life mm-hmm. yeah because people think it's just taking pictures taking videos but actually it's also a lot of pressure that you have to to be content you you have to put makeup you know with these beauty standards and i i'm not really into this thing so it's just part-time job you know it's a side job yeah
1: probably i guess at the moment all the people that are living from content creation are struggling a bit especially people in the travel industry Regardless of whether they're on social media or not and I think also all the people that create content in general some products are not available anymore because we're you know supposed to social distance um, so it's also hard to create the content you know to get the photographer and such you need to take pictures with a different lens and such so it's it's
2: it's hard yeah but I don't really work with photographer. Okay. I'm like one man show so it's it's even harder now because I have to do it okay. uh, at home with everything oh and, okay yeah definitely and if you work in the creative industry you prefer to work uh, anywhere you know to, to find some uh-huh, inspirations uh-huh. and it's nice to have a cup of coffee in a cafe and not just at yeah. home yeah, all yeah, the yeah. time it's it's difficult, especially if you live in a tiny apartment. Yeah, and also because you mentioned writing
0: a book, I'm so struggling with being inspired mm-hmm. because all I see is the my house
2: every day, yeah. <laughs> every day. So would you and the mess that I've made? <laughs> would you mind telling us more about your book? Yeah, it's actually about my travel experience, but I try to bridge the uh, Muslim world, but from Indonesian perspective, because people keep talking about. Muslim world as if the Arabs were And not other ethnicities. Yeah. Uh, make a connecting dots between Arabs and Muslims, and they forget about other ethnicities. And even some some people here, uh, some Muslims, they, they ask me, are you a Muslim? But I can understand because when Indonesians come here, they also ask me, are they Muslim? Yeah, so it's confusing, isn't it?
0: Because you're yeah, so used but, to seeing one type of Muslim,
2: yes, but I don't understand. Because for me, if you dress like us, you're Muslim, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's obviously like physically you're a Muslim from your appearance, but people keep asking. So I know it's uh, yeah, it's 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 so the book is not only for non-muslims to understand islam from another perspective but also from muslims from our community because there are a lot of different stuff even the first time i i moved to europe Mm -hmm. when i travel i i saw a lot of different movement when we pray but i thought i always thought oh what are they doing it's (laughs) strange. it's i don't think it's correct (laughs) although i i knew there were Four uh, big uh that we follow. Yes. But I I thought maybe they, they follow strange which sex the, or whatever. Which is the
0: one in Indonesia? Which one is the most popular? Uh, Shafi'i. Yeah, see, my husband is Shafi'i and I'm Maliki. Yeah. Yeah. A
2: lot of Americans follow
0: Maliki, right? Yeah. And then my husband is, is part Egyptian. So Shafi'i is yeah. really popular yeah. in Egypt. We are yeah. The same.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the people that
0: don't so, know, I'm a bit of like context around you so uh, your husband is a convert and people yes. love to ask you questions about your relationship <laughs> yeah
2: I think people this are waiting for you to write a book about your marriage instead of your travels yeah. but I don't want to write about it now because you know when we talk about marriage it's it's a it's a forever thing you cannot talk oh yeah no it's a, it's full of love it's just happy it's you know Marriage is not just all the Cinderella story, (laughs) so 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 I don't think it's it's uh it's the right thing to write about our love story in the first year of marriage. It's better later.
0: Yeah, when you're like both eighty.
2: To have different yeah, different perspectives, different you know, just different uh angle from from the marriage. So it's also gonna be in the book, but but not solely about uh, marriage. So more about like uh, being an Indonesian Muslim who comes from um, a country with the biggest Muslim population, then moved to Europe. And in the first time when I traveled to Europe, uh, I had another impression. I was like, oh yeah, it's true that uh, Europe it's not for Muslims. It's, I don't see any hijabis. It's difficult to pray and all that kind of stuff. But I was just... Traveling and visiting uh, touristic places, and now that I live here, that I become uh, a part of uh, the country, the community, I see different things, and I even have different perspective than the, uh, for instance, in Belgium, uh, like I'm entrepreneur because I live in Antwerp, like uh, how do you say it in English? People from Antwerp, yeah. Yeah, just people from Antwerp. But I have another angle because I I didn't uh, grow up here. So, for instance, uh, there are some clashes between Muslims and the the white Belgians, the non-Muslims. And they think, oh, yeah, they are like this, they are like this. But when I see, actually, they are the same because they are basically Belgians, you know? As, As you do yeah but exactly. they don't realize as much as as you do yeah as what i yeah so so it's nice to to talk about it so i write it on, uh, in my book what i experience when i live here when i travel but it's only about uh living in europe traveling in europe and that kind of stuff
0: it's really it's funny because there's a, there's a thing of, about Moroccans, right? That when you go to Morocco on vacation, you see that's a French Moroccan person, that's a Belgian Moroccan person, that's a Dutch Moroccan person. Like, you see it straight away. Even though in our countries in Europe, everybody thinks, oh, that's just a Moroccan. I'm like, no, that's the Dutch version of a Moroccan. That's like
1: how Samia and I describe each other. And we notice that about each other. Like, despite our family's background... I am so much Italian as much as she's very Dutch, um, and this is something we we constantly notice. And I love the idea that you're talking about, like um, being Indonesian Muslim and Indonesia being the country with the biggest Muslim population, because I think people miss this a lot. Um, they just make this equation just because Quran is written in Arabic and Arabs speak Arabic that. Muslims are Arabs, and that's it. And that's, and that's not. Definitely. I, I see that people react to me
0: uh, kinder when I wear a skirt and a blouse and a colorful hijab instead of like a, a jilbab or an abaya. Uh, like they find it really intimidating if you look like a beige blob, basically. So
1: imagine living in Italy. Oh, Italians are very critical about clothing. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what religion, what ethnicity, whatever it is, you need to dress well. And it's not about like what you're wearing or following a specific trend, but it's more about what you're wearing as a whole. Like it needs to look nice. If it's looking nice, then it's good. You can wear hijab, you can wear whatever you want. If it's not looking nice, then well, good luck uh, getting on a train. Because you know where all the stairs are going. And yeah, it's just something that I've noticed because um, so before this madness pandemic started, I used to take the train very often and uh, just to commute from one city to another. And so people on the train seated on the train would talk about what people that just came on the train
2: are wearing. So this is the level. Okay. No, I would say I have a very strong principle. So I'm not gonna change. If people want to accept me, then accept me. But I know that um, it's it's smart if you integrate to a country and to the people. So for instance, in the beginning, I was uh, in the beginning of my marriage, I was changing my kind of uh, clothing. I was wearing more like uh, abaya and. Long white uh, cuba. Also, I was more into plain hijab, like most uh, Muslim in Europe. But <laughs> but I still had some uh, pattern hijabs and uh, yeah, with uh, a lot of color. It's uh, it's colorful uh, with flowers and stuff. And every time I wear something with color and patterns, there there were always people approaching me and just random white Belgian or Dutch. Oh. You have a very nice hijab. It's it's very beautiful. Or that kind of stuff. And uh, my mother-in-law, she's also always uh, giving compliments. And if I wear a lot of black, she's going to say, Adin, you are so beautiful with colors. Why are you wearing black? And, you know, like uh, for the Europeans, black is uh, related to uh, mourning and uh, sadness and uh, losing people. So I thought, Why do I have to wear something that people here don't see as as nice? And it's uh, it's more like ego if I think, oh, no, it's my favorite color. I will just wear it every day. I still can wear black, but just not every day. Like I used to do in Indonesia, for instance, because people don't really care in Indonesia. We have all different types of people and uh, hijab and clothing. And yeah, so... I change my uh clothing style a bit and also I try to wear more colors because people find it uh, beautiful and I I believe my uh my clothing is the first impression for as a da'wah you know so without speaking that's that's my kind of da'wah
0: yes subhanallah it's such a big sunnah to take care of yourself and to look presentable and we know from the hadith that the Prophet sallam, really took care of himself and loved beautiful things. So the idea that a pious Muslim is someone that doesn't look happy or colourful yeah. or very well put together is such a, a bad such a bad Yeah, um,
2: oh my god.
0: It's such a bad interpretation of what it means to be a pious Muslim. Because yeah. to be pious means that you are an active member of society and that also brings with it a form of expression yeah. through fashion. What
2: they are wearing. In Indonesia, it's the same. But I think it's 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 a judging mentality that we have in our culture. So we, we focus on appearance. But the thing is, uh, Islam, Allah loves beauty, but people think, oh, if we have to dress modestly, it doesn't have to be beautiful, you know? Well, it can be beautiful. And modest yeah. at the
1: same time. And I think what many people in the modest fashion industry has contributed to do is this, like passing on the idea that you can dress modestly and still look beautiful. Yes, exactly. So,
0: Adin, are there things that you find in the way that we practice Islam here in Europe that are very different from Indonesia? For example, um the haram halal ratio I always find that very interesting that European Muslims find some things way more haram culturally than it really is and vice versa for example Sumi and I talked about shisha lounges and how in uh, Europe shisha lounges are a thing that people are like it's haram but like ah, wah, we don't care Um, are there things that you're like that's haram like why are you guys doing that
2: uh, well um, In Indonesia, because there are a lot of uh, haram stuff that people do, for instance, dating. I find it in Europe, the Muslims, the young Muslims, are more um, ashamed if they are dating. So they try to hide it. In Indonesia, it's a part of the culture, but it, it also depends on the family. Because for instance, my parents are very strict, so I wasn't allowed to date. But for my cousins, they are allowed to date and they talk about it with their mothers. When, when you see your friends, oh, they are dating, so it's normal. And uh, you know that uh, your parents say, no, don't date. Or the teacher says, no, don't date. It's haram. But they don't tell, why is it Haram, or why is it forbidden in Islam? So they, they just say, no, no, no. It's, and it's different approach. For instance, with, uh, Ramadan, with fasting, my, my mother used to say, uh, no, keep fasting. Uh, we, we have, we have to fast because it's, uh, mandatory and it's part of the five, five pillar in Islam and stuff. So I also take it in different way. I know, oh yeah, I have to do it for Allah and stuff. Instead of the dating part, my mom used to say, no, no, don't, never do it. It's, it's in the harsh, in the harsh way of uh, saying no. But she never really explained why. And I saw my, fr- yeah, and I saw my friends dating. So, yeah, it's part of the culture. And I saw people here are very scared to say, oh, no, no, he's just a friend. But I know he's not really just a friend, you know? Her, that's
0: so special then that um, your parents did allow kind of foreigners s- to stay in the house. Because I can imagine some parents are like, we don't want any boys,
2: even if they're tourists. Like, just no boys. Yeah, subhanAllah. Uh, actually, with the culture surfing stuff, it was uh, for the purpose uh, for my thesis, for my bachelor thesis. So I wasn't, I, was, I never interested in foreigners and I never interested in um, accepting guests in my parents' house, actually. But when I uh, proposed uh, three different titles for my uh, thesis, they chose the one that related to, uh, So it was, uh, yeah. So it was, uh, verbal and nonverbal communication between Indonesian people and foreigners via culture community. So I never joined culture yeah. and I had to involve for my thesis. And I thought I'm going to stop once, um, uh, it's finished. But, um, in the process, I met so many different people. And we talk a lot about Islam, surprisingly, because uh, I never thought it, it's it's going to be uh, very interesting and it could be a good thing for me. So I thought, why not just keep continuing uh, accepting people? Because there were an Italian woman who came to Indonesia, she's from Sardinia, and she came with her baby. So she traveled uh, in Sumatra, where I came from. Uh, she wanted to explore jungles, uh, to see the nature in Indonesia and stuff. And it, it was very interesting that she, she with her very limited English uh, vocab, um, she asked me, at, at one point we were driving uh, just the two of us with well, with the baby, so the three of us. She asked me why Islam is terrorist?" So she's like, "Why Islam is teaching terrorists?" that kind of question. Of course, that was the first question I ever heard that related to terrorists and Islam. And I was I was angry inside, but I knew she's asking me. So she, that, that means she doesn't know. So I was trying to cool my head up and I thought, okay, I'm just going to ask her back. How is it with my family? What do you think about my family? Because she's staying with us. For quite a long time. It was three weeks or something. And she said, no, you're different. Your family is very nice. You are good people and stuff. And I said, but we are all Muslims, all in that house, including the maid, including the driver, everyone in the house. And you stayed with us, you ate together with us, you traveled with us to so many different places. And she said, yeah. So uh, that kind of discussion triggered me to continue uh so it started
0: as a project for your thesis and then it kind of turned into like a dawah project almost yes exactly and then by chance and by khadadillah you met your current husband who came to your house to yeah that's the basic the basic story of it something we talked about in the podcast is love and marriage um and the thing i find even more fascinating than your relationship because you guys are so cute together mashallah is people's fasc- fascination with the idea of marrying a convert. I feel like it's a, it's very telling of our community that we have an obsession with marrying someone from outside of the community, almost as like a prize. Like, I did yeah,
2: it. Yeah, and I don't get it. I don't get it because I never You should interested. see
1: Adin's face right now. Yeah,
2: because <laughs> honestly... I just don't get the idea that people keep asking, "Oh, does Michael has a brother or cousin who's interested in Islam or who what? wants to marry Indonesians or that kind of, or Arabs or whatever where they come from?" I'm I'm tired of these kind of questions because, and even just recently there was someone who approached me and say. Can you please promote my account? Because I'm trying to make a sort of um, place where for a Westerner man meet Asian woman. And I said, I don't believe (laughs) it. Yeah. I don't think it's (laughs) crazy. I don't think it's from Islam. Uh, I think uh, Islam teaches us not to be racist. But also not specifically. You have to find someone from certain uh, country or ethnicity. Yeah, that's obsession that way. Yeah, and that's that's shifting the teaching of Islam. So I said no. I'm against the idea. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna be honest. So it's it's strange when people see it as a pride. I think humans are just humans. And the thing is, my husband, he was learning Islam, and he was already fasting. during Ramadan before he was even a Muslim. So people also keep thinking, oh yeah, of course he's a Muslim. He, he converted for you because he was in love with you. That kind of stuff. As so he made the magic. Also, yeah, so also when people tell me, oh, I have a Dutch boyfriend or American boyfriend or whatever, uh, but he's still drinking alcohol, he's still this, he's still doing that. And it's difficult for me to answer because it shouldn't be like that.
1: It should come from the person
0: himself. So I think it really is a a fetish. Like, honestly, it's the same thing with blue eyes, right? Like, everybody wants Mm -hmm. to have blue eyes. Everybody wants to have this and that. And for me, the things we see in, in media right now, and Sumi, you and I have discussed this many times, is the obsession with making Muslim girls fall in love with Western boys. And I feel like for Muslim girls that makes us internally want a a uh, european looking male as the kind of the best thing you can achieve ever and then also on top of that making them muslim for you it's like twilight right you want this bad boy that's kind of not good for you to change because they love you and i'm like no people really should embrace islam because they want to and then love you no
2: You can't change a person. No, really not. And to be and to be frank, not all blue eyes people with blonde hair are beautiful. I'm just gonna be yeah, honest. exactly no. also that. <laughs> yeah. So how are we gonna
0: end the podcast? How do we say goodbye in your dialect of Indonesian? Uh
2: yeah, I don't know.
0: <laughs> what do people say Sumatra?
2: Yeah, well, uh it's 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 a very formal saying and nowadays people just say bye. <laughs> but if you want yeah, that's that's the thing with globalization. People don't really <laughs> say the the formal Indonesian words anymore, but if you want, we can say uh, sampai jumpa. Wait, so that's sampai? Sampai jumpa. Sampai jumpa it's like uh tutsun's uh till next time. Yeah. Oh that's really nice. Oh that's Again, really cute. Sampai
0: jumpa on three. <laughs> three. Two, one.
2: Sampai jumpa!